I'm Alfonso Mendoza, host of the My Ed Tech Life podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. It's the High Tech Podcast. Uh, this is myself, Josh, one of the co-hosts, or hosts, or whatever we call it, as we debate every episode, almost all the time, <laughs> joined by William Millingworth, my co-host, your host, his wife's husband. Wow. I don't know. I'm coming out with definitions. <laughs> his nephew's uncle. <laughs> yes. Nailed it. Yeah. I am yeah. who I am. No, I love how you open this up. Like this is this is that's your moment. You're like, I'm gonna have a debate with myself now. Yes, I you know I never agree with myself. I really, if we've got any theme as an intro for the high tech podcast, it's basically just us disagreeing with ourselves. You know about how we're gonna yeah, do it. It's true. Like 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 600 yeah. episodes from now, we will finally have figured it out. But uh, this episode, we, we still have it, you know? And I think it's the thing that gives us charm. Other episodes are polished. They feel like they have money behind them and like they're successful. I prefer to feel like a guerrilla warfare style podcast, you know, like where we've got no budget, very little hope, but a whole lot of spunk. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the high tech podcast for you you know oh god i i don't know oh we're in a we're in a weird place uh, folks it's, it's a it's a busy time perfect. in will and i's life right now um and uh so we you might get some interesting vibes from us over the next several episodes um who knows you're gonna have some fun things but today is an important day you know why because it is the finale of our ted lasso goes to college series i wanted i was honestly i was seriously trying to think through what the heck the tune is to um the graduation march and the only thing that could come to my head was the imperial march and i just like i couldn't I it's kind of the that. same thing you know um it's the same vibe dun, 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 dun. no nope that's the imperial march it's no. no. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like just, that it's moment. Ted Lasso goes yeah. to college. Yeah, it's Ted Lasso goes to college. <laughs> you know, we'll, be, we'll edit that in. Post will. Drop it in. Sorry, some podcasts like talk to an editor. <laughs> right, right I here. feel like I want to start doing that now. Like, <laughs> Producer, could you take care of that, please? Yeah, like, yeah. like later will. Edit that in. I got Not you. Not current will. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, we are. We're at the end of the Ted Lasso goes to college series. Uh, we hope you've been having fun. We'll, you'll hear our joke in our recording with with uh, our guest, who I've not announced yet, um, that uh, we're kind of recording out of order. I know it comes as a surprise to you because that never happens um, in our podcast, but uh, we're doing that right now. And so Will and I are a little discombobulated, if you will, about well, as, uh, this as good designers. We're practicing backwards design, right? So we yeah, started exactly. with the end in mind this episode, and now yeah, we'll go true. back and do yeah, episodes see? one through four. We're doing you know? it right. Everybody else Very is doing it wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, for this last series episode, we are going to be we're going to be focusing on Ted Lasso. So we decided to bring in Ted himself. I'm just joking. That would be amazing. But uh, 
that'd be crazy. No, uh, Charles Illingworth. Uh, that name sounds familiar. Uh, that's because he's been on the podcast before. Oh, and also because that's Will's last name. Uh, this is Will's brother. Uh, he has joined us before on the podcast uh, for an episode number that uh, I definitely have pre-prepared somewhere in, this in the 90s. introduction. I think yeah, it was somewhere in the 90s. You, know, you want to talk a little bit about your brother and how great he is? Uh, while my I'm... brother um, is eight years my senior, but has often been like... Like there was times in our lives where the eight years mattered, but I think we're definitely at a season, a significant season where it's like we were like a year or two apart, you know, it's yeah. kind of cool. Well, you got that number now. Okay. Yeah. Now that it I was actually 90. Line. It was episode 90. Episode 90. Yeah, Dr. Yeah, Charles Illingworth had joined yeah. us about acupuncture and education Yeah, on teaching uh, acupuncture online. Um, this time he's joined us to talk about Ted Lasso because why not? Um, so for this last episode, we're going to be focusing in on Ted Lasso, the man himself. And so Dr. Charles Owingworth is going to help us do that. Just like his brother, you'll find he likes, uh, the Ted Lasso show. And so this should be a good time. We've got the, the experts on call, the Illingworth brothers, plus Josh, who also watches Ted Lasso, but I don't put myself in the same category. So, uh, we're going together with enough of that. Let's hear more from Dr. Charles Illingworth as we talk about Ted Lasso and what that teaches us about teaching. Folks, we're excited for this episode, this concluding episode of the Ted Lasso series for the High Tech Podcast, specifically to have a guest tonight. You'll see him on screen, but he's actually over my brother's shoulder. It is Waylon Illingworth in the background. <laughs> Being, yep, there's the little eyes. There's the little head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, very excited, Charles, to have you back, Doctor Charles Illingworth, my older brother, joining us for the consummate episode. How you doing, brother? The uh, the pleasure is mine. Uh, I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're gonna make some fun of things. I think this is yeah, exactly. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso you know, goes to mania, college. So. Actually, the official name. We you know That's we uh, okay. you know breaking fourth wall listeners. Uh, it may sound like Will and I have done the whole episode up to this point, because in your experience, that's what happened. But we haven't. We have no idea what you're about to experience for the next several weeks leading up today. We hope it was great. Uh, <laughs> this is actually the last episode we're recording it first. Yeah, we're recording it first. Fine. It's not confusing at all. It's totally fine. The, it's like the it's magic over. of we're production. We're going backwards. Exactly. It'll be great. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it's pre. We we are prequel trilogying after. Uh-huh the original trilogy we promise folks this is going to be better than that yeah there's no jar jar binks no wretched cgi yeah. well i mean if jar jar no binks wants to come on the podcast i'm not going to turn him away i mean that's yeah like... if ahmad best says i'm going to come yeah. on your podcast you don't say no um, he's also on the hot podcast <laughs> yeah all also jar jar binks was the phantom menace i highly believe in that conspiracy theory <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. But this episode's story. about Ted Lasso, yeah, not it's about Star Ted Wars. Lasso, right? So, uh, so <laughs> as we're kicking off each episode, uh, Charles, we have to ask, right? So, the reason this mm-hmm. episode, you know, series comes up is because, as you know, your your little brother um, has an obsession. Uh, I, I would say mm-hmm. healthy. You know, it's it's healthy-ish. <laughs> uh, you know, it's there. It's at least so it's in my good. profession. Yeah. Health, health is a spectrum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spectrums have extremes. Yeah. For instance, like he could be uh, more am... obsessed with like you know 
murder. That's worse than being obsessed. Oh, with oh okay. listen, I have like, met murder. Murderinos is the official term for a oh, certain um, true crime podcast oh, for like murder podcast. No, 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 no. The, 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 one of the fan bases for one of the, the, the crime right. podcasts, they're called Murderinos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very much. We need, we need um, something like that. Anyway, well, uh, the, to, the point Just is- to give us some stats, though, right, on measurement, the entire yeah. Ted Lasso series has a runtime of 12 hours and 28 minutes. So I've sunk many... Um, sessions of those 12 hours and 28 minutes into my life that's that's a lot of healthy expression i think it's fine it's healthy but okay so will is kind of fanatically obsessed okay we'll we'll, we'll go that way i think Mm -hmm. i'm okay Mm -hmm. to say Mm -hmm. that he's got catholic candles of characters on his table i fed that it's fine um so fanatically okay so on a scale i'm I'm going to get some of those myself so so scale of one to ten right one ten being like slightly under will because i would put will at like 11 or 12 <laughs> and one <laughs> being like a heartless monster who hates ted lasso mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. where where are you at on that on that scale i would probably have to put myself at, at about a 10 and a half okay yeah. uh, i okay. I, I, I i i only only because i don't have any of the prayer candles yep, uh, yep. once you get them mm-hmm. once, once you get them yeah. Just, yeah, just yet, just yet. Yeah. Um, I, I got to say, you probably need a few more watch throughs to re- like. I just, you just finished season ooh, three. I did just finish season three. Um, yep. I, I, I had recognized that I hadn't watched season three yet. Uh, oh goodness, two weeks ago, but then I shotgunned the entire season in two days. As you um, as you should, yes. Let's make, so let's make you know, I mean, I'm just saying that Will had already my had already seen the first episode of season three before our watch party of the first episode of season three. So that might be a you know thing to strive are, for. It. Are you are you a little bitter about that, Josh? No, no. I I'm more impressed <laughs> that he didn't tell us Fair. the entire time. Fair. Fair. I'm actually not really bitter. As more of just, I think it's hilarious that we watched the episode and he waited until it was over to tell us that he had seen it already. Um, and I, well I done brother. It hilarious. It was good. I had no inkling. Um, there's a mm. little part of me that I, thought I, that was probably what probably happened, but you know, <laughs> it's fine. One does what one must. Uh, yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. So um, I, I'm not, I'm not as fanatical about Ted Lasso as I am about other things. For example, the movie, the princess bride, I will search out, behind the scenes stories about the princess bride. And I'm not at that point with Ted Lasso yet, but I think that it is one of the more well-produced, well-acted, well-written series that has come out within the past 10 years. Yeah. It changed TV for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a lot like, like with the, with the Marvel surplus and, and just like the approach to streaming and stuff like we've gotten so much TV Mm -hmm. and you can binge how I met your mother, the office, some of these long form comedy shows, but they still can't hit like Ted Lasso did. And, and I think those of us who got it and when it came out the first time season one in COVID deep, deep, Mm -hmm. dark gray time. And it was like Mm -hmm. a very bright ball of happiness so you know uh, really, mm, yeah. some, most of the time 
Kind of, yeah. I, I, I think that that is one of the things that makes the series what it is, is that it's not afraid to tackle some very difficult things. It's right. not afraid to talk about the everyday darkness of mental health and anxiety and depressive issues, um, yeah. and also not afraid to tackle um, issues of, of sexuality and gender, issues of uh, preference, of death and divorce, death and divorce. Right? They yeah. they didn't really pull any pun- punches in that regard. No. Yep. Yeah. And. Where I find where I where I always come back and like for me, I've told a couple I've told a bunch of people, oh, my gosh, this show is so wholesome, <laughs> it is so joyful, it is so uplifting. And then I've had a few people watch it like, dude, they cuss like every other. I'm like, no, my bad. My bad. Didn't you tell somebody that and they were like, for I me, watched it with my kids and they were like, that was not wholesome. Yeah, yeah. We were like, we were like, oh, we did a different type of wholesome. Like, you know. <laughs> Hol- wholesome as in holistically wholesome yeah, like, that's right on it, you for not getting our word uh really i think yeah <laughs> lost in translation yeah. as it were semantics mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. um but one of the reasons right, we bring right. up ted lasso on the podcast right is as we've already talked about in the series that we clearly know about because will and i have experienced it um the uh, we we're, we're bringing it in because one of the things I also find interesting about Ted Lasso is while it's not about education, right? Uh, it's mm-hmm. about uh, like life transformation. I, I would push to that mm-hmm. to a certain extent, right? There's this, this kind of mm-hmm. arc, especially for Ted and a few of the other characters, that like they they start one way, whether it's the team, the people, Ted, and they make it to a journey and somewhere else by season three. Right. And some of that that I find in, in interesting is how Ted as a character interacts with the people around him. And really, you know, the show obviously putting Ted in the, in the center and absolutely focusing on his journey and where he goes is also focusing on how Ted kind of transforms this, you know, ridiculous soccer club uh, and and kind of like take comes in and instead of like in the classic like uh other sports movies or TV shows being very focused on like the, you know, victory type of uh, motif is really more coming in and uh, changing the people. Right. And in education, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, no matter what we're trying to do, whatever topic we're trying to teach, I, you know, we've argued from the podcast before. And I know Charles, last time you were on, we talked about this a bit is it's like education in its sense should be about person transformation. It's not just about learning things. It's about taking somebody from somewhere to a different place across that. And that looks like different spectrums, whether it's a full educational journey or we're talking about a course where you're saying, this is where my students are now. This is where I want them to be at Mm -hmm. the end. Um, And uh, so I think there's some interesting dynamics from Ted to learn about. So this is all kind of background to say, like, I think the question we're really trying to answer for our listeners here in this is from our perspective, what makes Ted this great teacher like what what made Ted uh, a teacher in this dynamic that uh, transformed some of the characters that we see right like Roy is different because of Ted and his involvement we see uh, Nate being different in in in, he has a crazy journey too but like the way Ted involves Beard comes right it seems like everybody Ted touches and talks to in some way he changes them and and they seem to learn something um, whether Ted means mm. them to or not, but they, they learn something from him. So I think 
the key to how Ted worked in the series of Ted Lasso is vis-a-vis the idea of authenticity, Mm. which is part and parcel to Ted's journey in and of itself through the three seasons. Right. There was, there was a big point where you find out that the reason that he's like the way he is, and I won't spoil anything folks for any of you who haven't watched the series yet. Yeah. If they haven't, is, they probably should be watching this. <laughs> Go watch it, people. Right. <laughs> right. Gonna spoil a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I think that, it, and I, I really think that this came in through the crux of, of season two, where he was really uh, struggling with why he was the way he was. Yeah. Right? Because you can be incredibly authentic, but for inauthentic reasons. Hmm. And... People pick up on that. They, they, they feel the truth in what you have to say, but then they recognize that there's something behind that that isn't quite right. And yeah. I think that was the crux of Ted's journey in the second season. Right well, In the know. first season, we, we spend that time figuring out, here's this guy from middle America coming to England. Part to- of the joke. Part of yeah. the joke, you know, literally the proverbial fish out of water um, to, to coach a sport that he has. N- and he. One of the, the best jokes in season three to me was the fact that he just opened a book about soccer strategy in the third season. Are you reading that? <laughs> like it was like just before the championship, which goes to show you that it wasn't about the sport for yeah. Ted. Yeah. It was about getting anybody he interacted with to be their authentic selves. Yep. To live and, their truth. And and like to Josh's word transformative, you're 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 hosting or hosting. Wow. Oh. Try again third time focusing in on the Mm -hmm. idea of authenticity Mm -hmm. um when we look at education when we look at sports we Mm -hmm. think of grades and we think of victory Mm -hmm. and that's not where he started and and Mm -mm. and he comes to rebecca at a point of a significant loss and says go ahead fire me i get it and Mm -hmm. she is finally she's going through her transformative arc and goes no we got to keep up you've you've got to go forwards right so she's mm-hmm. she's already actually taken him in you know part and parcel and is like on his mission doesn't know that she's in and mm-hmm. and brings him around she gives him a moment of transparency authenticity like no a loss isn't it ted lasso we've we can we can do better you've already proven how much better we can do mm-hmm. um so i think that there's those moments of like very early on season one recognizing where it's our, his method is already working, but he still needs mm-hmm. a piece of his own medicine. Yeah. And from like, oh goodness, you, you gentlemen are having me access information from 2007, 2008. Um, you want me to start the hand crank for you? We'll get those. those were the best years, really, you know. <laughs> um, so my, my first, my first secondary level degree was in theater. And so there are 
theories to the nature of what we were what is called the hero's journey mm. and the yeah. journey that ted lasso is going on is the hero's journey yeah. in fact the journey that everyone goes on in that series is the hero's journey right and so there are two really pivotal moments that happen in in the hero's journey and and the first of which is known as the moment of anagnoresis which is the moment of removal of ignorance um, and then there is usually a moment th that is referred to as peripatia, which is a reversal of fortunes mm. or reversal of perspective. And yeah. you usually can't have peripatia without anagnoresis. If someone is still ignorant of what is going on, there cannot be a reversal of fortune. Mm. And you see that happening with <laughs> every character at almost uh, at least once a season, at least almost once an episode in yeah. one way or another. There are some people who complain about the ending, the conclusion to the, to the, to the saga, to episodes, uh, seasons mm -hmm. one, two, and three. I, and, and some people complain about how things tighten up or how quickly someone turns around, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Just immediately preceding this episode should be the Nate episode. That's a big one for a lot of folks. Nate mm -hmm. becomes a villain in his arc and is redeemed, but we mm -hmm. don't necessarily see his redemption. And I think that that's one of those moments of like, <laughs> this is the Ted, this is the show about Ted Lasso. We don't need to see every piece of everything. We barely see the, the football games themselves, right? We see like some mm -hmm. critical shots, some critical goals, but the, the stuff we do see that we are witness to is the transformative experiences mm -hmm. yeah. for nate we have hopefully probably already talked about this right but like him <laughs> making that effort to meet jade mm -hmm. is a transformative experience that results in his redemption mm -hmm. ted takes in in season one this this step of going to london we don't know why he's you know we don't see the the cause to him getting to this point of going to london but that's the huge transformative effect mm -hmm. season two we have him interacting with dr sharon Dr. Fieldstone, the, the, mm -hmm. the psychologist. And so that's this huge thing that he's trying to deal with. And there's so many peppered, peppered and salted pieces of what that means and, and bigger arcs or little arcs. But then in the third season, it's this, do I or don't I return? Do I stay or do I go? And da, 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 da. I, you can't, I just stuck. I know. Um, yeah. I think that those arcs, you know, are evidences of what you're saying. Like, season by season but all the also like accumulatively across the entire series well that's that's also and this is this is one of the reasons that i believe that ted lasso was written so well is that that is the universality of any decision making process mm. if you know something is wrong and you are given the tools to fix it then you understand that there are only a limited number of decisions that you can make thereafter and that you are responsible for all of them. Yeah. And so you saw a man in season one and you, you learned about who he was. Ted, middle America, mid Midwestern guy, football coach, being brought in to purportedly tank a team as a divorce revenge pact, right? Oh. Right? So <laughs> yeah. this then sets up the scaffold, the foundation 
for what happens in season two and season three. And I think that Ted's moment, I mean, there is rarely one moment because life isn't that clean. Right. But his first moment of anagnoresis is acceptance of the fact that he has an issue in season two. Mm. And is acceptance of the fact that this is a longstanding issue and this has been sort of the reason why he has behaved in certain ways for most of his life, or at least since he was 16. Right. 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 We're given and, that time frame across his life of yeah. what these 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 um, instigators are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he goes through that journey, has all of these instances where he is removed of his own ignorance of his self. Capital S E L F, right? So that he can he can now in knowing become responsible for the decisions that he wants to make surrounding those issues. which then empowers him to make the decision in season three to go be with his son. Right. Right. We see, we see all of this character development, all of this character motivation um, as the stuff that's starting to define Ted, like you just Mm -hmm. said, capital S self, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, but that's what pushes him to be this best coach he can be. And mm-hmm. where he's, you know, like even some of the issues that that spawn from his father and and mm-hmm. his um, emotional issues and attachment issues, mm-hmm. he must do. Like you're just saying, he must do the best. He knows he can accomplish the best, which is to transform lives, and he can't stop himself from doing it. He's compelled. Uh, so I'm going to say something that may be uh, borderline controversial. Oh, Ted's not a good coach. Oh, right, right. Okay. He is a good give us, leader. Give us this. Okay. No, I, 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 re- I respect it, right? Beard respect. is a much better coach than Ted is. Yep. And he knows it and does that. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he pairs mm-hmm. himself with the people he needs. But Ted is a better leader than Beard at first. Right. But it is Ted's example as a leader that then brings the coaching staff together for Richmond. Right. So that when he leaves to pursue what is arguably the most beneficial thing for him, Richmond can continue on with their championship status and can continue to develop the team. Success. With success. But that could only have happened with Ted being a leader. Right. And moreover, being authentic as a human being within that role. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. And it, that that gets to something I think I would point to as kind of another thing with him that from my standpoint, what kind of puts him in the situation where we see him changing and and teaching and transforming people in this show as a character is that uh i want to go back to season one right there's this interesting thing that ted does when he comes Mm -hmm. in um that i have always found intriguing which is like his focus on basically two things right authentically like knowing people 
and the focus on mm-hmm. the culture of that team, right? So like the mm-hmm. it's not even a focus on the skills or the right players or you know whatever it may be. It's a focus on these are who we have here right now. How can I basically you can see it kind of inadvertently where he's kind of trying to build this culture um at the the team where they are encouraged to speak up they're encouraged to engage with each other there there's this camaraderie mm-hmm. built right um and it allows mm-hmm. him to do other things throughout the rest of the season as they get closer and closer to be able to leverage those connections and that mm-hmm. relationship with culture to do things make changes mm-hmm. things like that to the point that you see in season three they're doing it for each other like Ted's kind of not yes. really doing much, right? Like to the you know pivotal yeah. moment, right, where they bring out the the sign that got ripped up, you know, and their their brain mm-hmm. they were holding on to pieces that whole time, right? Season one, he's the one carrying mm-hmm. that torch, right? Of trying to get them to do that. Yeah. Season three, he's you know not not carrying the torch, but just kind of like accepting where we're at, kind of moving the team, and they're all the ones that are kind of like bringing it back in to uh yeah that culture carrying the mantle that that moves on its own um to to use the analogy of carrying the torch ted comes in carrying the torch and then in the second season he shows others how to light their own and then in the third he then passes the torch quite literally yeah yeah and so go ahead I, i see i see a very concentric approach to it too like um in season one, he's as explicit as asking Keely, how do I reach Jamie? Now, we don't need to go into her response, but, um, you know, he, he's he's tactically trying to find these people out and figure them out. He needs to get mm-hmm. everyone in the room. He's mm-hmm. trying to understand Higgins. He takes him out for lunch. sees are you later. Um, he's, he's trying to just, like, build, build, build relationships. But to, Josh is, like, making it all the more clear for me here what you're just saying. In season three... He does so little with the actual mm-hmm. team by season three. His big focus in season three is himself, ironically, mm-hmm. not ironically, intentionally, and the coaches, Nate, Beard, and um, Roy. Yeah. Like they mm-hmm. are actually probably the most that he interacts with directly besides his own family members or his own journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, because seasons one, two, and three do start and end focusing on a character season one is rebecca season two is nate season three is ted it opens and closes on that character in each of the three seasons so that tells us something about what they're actually trying to do and and accomplish and in season three he can only ignore the team i don't put it that way like i don't mean it that way but like he can only not be spending the time with the team because he did that so much he he built that foundation in season one um and i'll take a i'll take like a, a hard stamped here to say like for education, there's a classroom etiquette, a classroom culture lesson there. Mm-hmm. Like so mm-hmm. many teachers mm-hmm. will just ignore <laughs> the personality of the classroom. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. 100%. You, you've got 20, 30 people there in the room and, and they're humans and they're bringing so much to it. And teachers very often do not engage it, whereas it's the first thing Ted does. Well, and yeah. we know. Uh, I... Go ahead, Charles. Go for it, Josh. Okay, I was just going to say that we know that uh, the uh, like from a, a group standpoint that when you have a group that's cohesive and works well together and you can get that going, 
they they encourage each other across a learning journey and to, to change right at the end of the day that's actually even more effective than a teacher like because that teacher can only reach so many of the students but when you have a, a room of students who are coming alongside under the same banner and mission that you are you can leverage that to have them help teach each other right i mean this is some of what we get from mm -hmm. like kind of um collaborative and constructive models in education of kind of bringing everybody's experiences to the table and having them teach each other it's not this hopeful you know la 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 wonderful dream that we have for things it's that we know that mm -hmm. uh people and groups together can accomplish so much more even in learning than just one person telling a bunch of people a whole bunch of things and being really great with a couple of the people in the classroom yeah so we've been actively skirting around this idea for the past 20 minutes and <laughs> i think that the key to Ted Lasso's approach and the key to what you're talking about, Josh, and, and the key in my own experience is community. Yeah. Right. Because community breeds culture. If you want to change culture, change the community. Right. And Ted, to what you said, William, when he got there, when he got to Richmond, the first thing he did was figure out who everyone was. And was the shower pressure too bad or not? Right? <laughs> he did and so he could to learn the culture of the community. Yeah. And moreover, to help bring the community together, yeah. which is why I, I say he's not a coach, he's a leader. Because that's the job of a leader, which is the job of a teacher. In right. as, as a teacher, your job is to develop and maintain the community of your classroom. Yeah. Because the community of your classroom breeds the culture. And to what you said, Josh, it breeds cross-learning. Yeah. Everyone so I I I have I I teach we, we spoke about this last time I was on, but I, I teach at the graduate level and I teach master's students and doctor's students. And they are all so intelligent, but in so many different ways. Yeah. <laughs> and they bring their life experience in so many different ways into the classroom that it, it gets to the point that I cannot teach to every single one of them at the same time. Right. I can't. But what I can do is I can develop the culture, develop the community of the classroom and push as Ted did in different ways into interacting with individuals who have individual strengths and individual weaknesses and encourage cross communication within that structure so that people can hear me and each one of the people in the room can hear the one thing that I might say, might have said, but there will be 17 different versions of it. And then they can cross pollinate. An ex example of how we practically does that and i think there's a metaphor in this for teaching and learning season one he hands out a book to every person in the room so that's mm. that's a i chose an activity to give everyone but each mm -hmm. book was intentionally Different. designed to the person that he gave it to mm -hmm. he did not give out the same book to 25 30 whatever guys like mm -hmm. um 
he he handpicked it. And we get such beautiful reactions to that as Roy Kent, what? No. Eventually reading it, sobbing, uh, realizing he's the girl that should be the leader and and coming mm-hmm. around by season three to being mm-hmm. Ted Lasso's mini-me. And you have Jamie Tart who throws the book out mm-hmm. and by yeah. season three is seen reading books on his own, mm-hmm. right? There's just like both were received differently. Both were immediately handled differently. And then both mm-hmm. have still this, this butterfly effect on a positivity. Like there are times for the teacher to do the same thing for everybody, but it's up to that teacher doing it expertly, mm-hmm. taking the time to think it through intentionally reach the student that's there. It may yeah. not go the same way, but I, it's going to have that impact if you have the right approach, if you have that authentic you, Ted Lassoism. You, you absolutely cannot approach every individual in a classroom setting the same way. Yeah. yeah. You can't, especially when you're doing something that's, that's hands-on versus uh, didactic. Didactic, it's a, it's a little different, right? Because if you're, if you're talking about something theoretical, you can talk to several hundred people at the same time about the same thing and everybody takes their notes and whoever doesn't understand it can email the teacher. Sure. But with, for example, in, in my experience with what I do, I, I teach a lot of clinical hands-on courses. And so I can't just say, oh, it's right here to each one of my students. Yeah. But what I can do is say, okay, I have found this thing. It's right here. Put your hand where my hand is yeah. and now do this thing with it. What do you feel? And then I can interact with each of them on that level that way. Yeah. And there are students that are more inclined toward uh, theory. There are students that are more inclined toward practical, you know, the, the praxis of, of the medicine. So, okay, well, for you, these these resources would be better. The, for you, these resources would be better. This side of Charles's books on his desk. This side of Charles's books on his desk. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have that a division like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not on my desk. On On my bookshelf, yes. <laughs> on my desk, no. Um, they're just books. They're just books. Uh, they, they, there is no single book that is just a book. I Thank you. Say that. Uh, <laughs> here's here's one I want to um, tee up um, because I think I think we're pointing out a bunch of positives. I mean, anybody who's seen the show knows that Ted goes through negatives or some low points. I think they do a good job of humanizing him too. He's not perfect. He's not just the ultimate hero, Mm -hmm. but something that happens, I think it's season one, uh, Ted and and Beard are at the, uh, at the bar having a drink. And, um, Ted says, well, you know, it's not about winning. And Beard slams the table and says, it is, it is about winning. This this is these kids' lives. This is their livelihoods. They are committed mm-hmm. to this. And Ted, as being so people first, person first as he is, misses a mark of like, but these people are here for a purpose. Like I think that's a measure for us, a balance for us. Yeah. You know, in the classroom, we don't want to just have a great time, just spend time in the culture. We have the expertise. No, you're there for a reason yeah you have a reason that's a good point to bring it back to right and that's a good way to break down that moment which is that like at the end of the day 
Ted is people first, which is good. And there's a, there's an element of that where his focus is in the right place, but he is there for a purpose. This brief Ted Lasso uh, break brought to you by Waylon Illingworth, yeah. one loud and sassy Catahoulin. Yeah, who not is a, joining not a podcast. Hashtag not a sponsor. Not hashtag not a sponsor. Welcome back, Waylon and Charles, to the pod. Thank podcast. you, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I hope my mic was muted. I, I was. had muted it. Um, we we did like a little infomercial for Waylon. Yeah, we were doing oh, a yeah. infomercial for you. Here again. I'm not going to cut that. That's going to stay. <laughs> for, uh, Professor Waylon, he, he he is my my assistant teacher. Yeah. Um, some, <laughs> some days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where were we? Oh yes, purpose yeah. to to yeah, teaching there, and education. For a purpose, right? Like, is that um, in in education? It's a similar way. Like, there are the teachers who go too overboard, where at the point where like their entire focus is just the people and the culture, which is great, but then they forget that they're actually supposed to be mm-hmm. teaching something, right? Like the, the students come there for a reason, especially in a lot of our two situations where we're in um, not like K twelve experiences, but we have people like literally paying to be at our classes and our, in our situations. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I know what happens in K-12. Mm-hmm. There's private schools, taxes pay for school. I get all of that. Okay. So if anyone's going to get annoyed at me, that I know that um, <laughs> I'm, what I'm talking about though is more specifically like with, with college, higher ed graduate, like there's people paying to be there. Right. And so like at the end of the mm-hmm. day, we also do need to weigh those, those, those pieces. Right. And I would say that's maybe something that changes about him moving into the later seasons that like he paid off some of that work of building the culture and then does kind of refocus on winning. Right. Like he kind of, then as your joke, he finally opens a book about soccer. Um, where like, he's mm-hmm. like, maybe I should actually <laughs> care about, about winning, uh, about, about this. And so I think, I think from a teaching perspective, I think what, what is helpful to emphasize that is that we should always be caring for the culture and looking at things, but especially the beginning of the class, Right. Like I'm, I don't want to oversimplify this to just look at the seasons and look how long it took them to get there and these types of things. But I do think there's something to this that like when we start a class, like, and we're getting into that, the rhythm, especially in the beginning, whatever that looks like, whether it's your first couple weeks or whatever it is, um, the standard in college or any kind of situation, right. is to just like read, read a syllabus, make sure everybody understands what they have to do that they'll, they'll get these, maybe do a name game stuff. Yeah. Maybe do a name game. Um, like, what if we were more careful to say, you know, those first couple of weeks, I'm really going to focus on what is the culture of my classroom and what rhythms need to exist for that to effectively happen, right? Like, how how do I need to do this to build a culture that, that yeah. I can leverage as we're moving forward? And I think what is important about that, and we can see, uh, I'm going to tie it together here. We yeah. can see that Ted did this in season one. He learned what the culture was before he espoused a new one. Yeah. And so th- there are a lot of yeah. movements, you know, anti-grading kind of things, which I think have a lot of value. And I think that um, we we do need to take a critical look at the culture of education. And I think that it needs to be understood in ways other than it has been understood heretofore. And I think that we need to not blindly reproduce it. Yep. Um, because 
and and here's an Einstein quote. Uh, at least it's attributed to Einstein. And William, I know that you've heard this multiple times in the house growing up. Um, the definition of insanity is continuing to do the same thing over expecting different results. Yeah. So we understand that there are a lot of things going on in the current culture that are problematic and as such need to be looked at and understood. And one of the, the prime ways to do that is to start in the educational atmosphere, which is why I think a lot of education has changed over the past 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, I mean, not, not being mean about this. I am being in, intentional with this question. Mm-hmm. Your educational experience, you're my older brother, was different from mine. We both mm-hmm. had non-traditional learning experiences, but do you remember in elementary school the word individualization being used? No. Was there it, such it, a thing as an IEP? No. Uh, so there was, but okay. you it was only for uh, gifted students or students that um, had developmental issues. Right. And that it still is in that sense, like of, of what I know of K-12, but the door, uh, the gateway to get into that status is very wide. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's a problem in and of itself, but what it means to the classroom is, is a lot of challenges, frankly, because yeah. every student has an individualized education plan. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you reach every student, you know, with these well, kind of things? What that, what that should make us look at. Hi, buddy. Yes. Here's there Professor Whalen. There he is. On screen. <laughs> Welcome, buddy. Did he uh, sign a release for this episode? Is he going to be? Thank you. That's okay. I want to He'll get paid an extra kibble. I'll put him on the website. Um, <laughs> I, I can get you one. I, I have a photo of him wearing one of my scarves. And it's one of the cutest things ever. Um, yes. So yes. I, I think that what the, the whole, um, to the crux of, of what you're talking about there with, with the, the generation of a, a larger series of individualized uh, education programs. First off, if we actually focused more on education and funds allotted to same, I think it wouldn't be as much of an issue, but we won't get political beyond that. Um, And if we look at the nature of the individualized educational plans, I guarantee you we would start to see trends. Mm. And if you start to see trends, then you can start to say, hey, maybe we should group these students together because they learn similarly. Right, right. We could make a positive out of this. And then teach them the way they learn, which to bring it back to Ted Lasso, Jamie Tart wasn't going to learn the same way that Roy Kent was going to learn. Wasn't going to learn the same way that Obisanya was going to learn. Yep. And so on and so forth. Yeah. And and there's evidence across all three seasons of these using radically different teaching skills uh, mm-hmm. tools to reach the, the team and, mm-hmm. and reach each yeah. other. It's, because it's a beautiful thing. He, 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 so there is this uh, Taoist idea of uh, non-doing, which is a really weird idea. Uh, but the crux behind the idea of non-doing 
is doing without conceiving of doing. So Ted Lasso taught everyone that he came into contact with without teaching a single one of them. Sure. Hmm. That makes sense. He, he Jedi mind tricked every last one of them. Bring, <laughs> bringing back the Star Wars for you, Josh. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so teaching, teaching by Jedi mind trick is not something that can be learned easily. Right. Because a lot of uh, the modern primary education is about reproducing rather than understanding. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Which sets the foundation for secondary and then higher education, graduate education, for further reproduction of information rather than understanding how to truly manipulate the, the information. And I think that actually comes from, you can see that in his attitude and his character, uh, but it comes mm -hmm. from season one, episode eight, uh, the dart scene, be curious, mm -hmm. not judgmental. I actually tried looking that up. You know, it's, he quotes, is it Walt Whitman? And it's, it's, it's one of those potentially accredited to Walt Whitman's, but it's, you can't prove it is or isn't. Uh, but the be curious, not judgmental approach is an attitudinal it is a mindset thing that mm -hmm. I think results in what you're talking to. Um, but he punctuates that whole scene with the one dart in the, in the thing, barbecue, barbecue sauce, sauce, you know, white knights it, takes mm -hmm. care of Rebecca, puts mm -hmm. Rupert in his place. He, you know, he shows a lot of personality in that. I, I think it's just a beautiful thing. So we've got, this has been a whole conversation just to tear apart his personality. But I think that that is season one, episode eight. You know what I mean? It's early on. It's showing a lot of who Ted is and why he cares yeah. about what mm -hmm. he's trying to do. And and yeah, there I, is, there is gravitas to the way he goes about it. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's not just that he's white knighting for Rebecca. Right. In that moment, he's also proving it to himself. Because he watched his dad die. He watched all the things that happen, happened with his mother and, and all of that. And, and all of those things led him to where he is that day. And so that moment where he can be truly curious and he can prove it to somebody who doesn't care a single pence... And he can say, well, if you're going to assume that of me, I'll play you for a fool. Yep. <laughs> Beautiful spot. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, do we have any, uh, we have any final, this is, this is great. I didn't, we didn't even try and we just 45 minutes of Ted Lasso. I can't wait. Oh, to do I'll talk other episodes guys about I didn't anything. think it was going to be hard to get you two talking about Ted Lasso for 45 minutes. I can get Will just talking <laughs> in a room by himself. <laughs> About Ted Lasso for 45 minutes. It'll just be like Will there talking to no it. one. This uh, is the look of lack of surprise. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, I think bringing it back and just bringing it back together as we're kind of closing out. I think uh, really there's a lot and we're having fun talking about Ted Lasso. There's a lot of things that come out of it. But if we're looking at it from a teaching perspective and kind of I think what we're hearing is kind of this intentionality, this... Uh, authentic mm -hmm. intentionality as you're kind of coming in right and those are those are buzzwords that we use in a, an overviewing statement but i think really it's kind of this idea that he wanted to get to know the people the area he was in and uh from there 
built a culture that helped him kind of reach the entire group in a different way, right? Whether it's from his mm-hmm. interactions with them mm-hmm. or their interactions with each other uh, end up transforming that area. So I think a mm-hmm. lot of this is looking at ourselves as teachers, being strategic about kind of coming in and looking at that, trying to understand the classrooms that we're in, focusing not just on the content, but on the people and the culture um, and being able to leverage mm-hmm. that to teach well, I think is things that we can kind of take away as we're looking at how how we how teaching and learning can work um, and uh, mm-hmm. how we maybe can see some of that for sure. Absolutely. Authenticity, community, culture. Um, they, they, I think with those three things, you can develop an atmosphere educationally to teach anything. Yeah. Anything. Yep. 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 So yep. thank you, brother, for joining us. My this pleasure. This has been the conclusion of our Ted Lasso series on specifically this time ted lasso as he goes to college i think i'll just sign this interview off with a good old barbecue sauce barbecue sauce all right thank you again brother for joining us i hope you're still listening really appreciate you taking the time with us and digging into ted uh josh this is not only the conclusion of the series, I believe, if I've counted right, this is the end of season five. We are culminating a lot with this episode. We, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. Talking. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, definitely a lot going on. But like, I think it's really cool. You know, in, in many ways, I think that and Justin, Dr. Justin Harvin, a good friend of the podcast, has often talked about and said to me, like, metaphor is one of his big instructional tools. I, I believe that, too. I, I really love the idea of metaphor as an instructional tool that setting up a, an image for someone, um, a connection to another thing will help them understand different ideas. Yeah. That I hope is what this series has done for you. What we've done in this season, even, you know, making connections with unlike things. I would not have imagined Ted Lasso would be a focus point for the high tech podcast. When we started episode one, yeah. in 2021 right that wasn't but it wasn't even Absolutely. a hope or was a dream ted lasso me, out but, at that point um yeah dropped in 2020 2020 okay pretty sure yeah yeah that's just you know um it doesn't really matter you know we didn't we haven't timed our lives by the podcast well, you know lasso i i like now. facts like, yeah no, i'm super curious Fat facts are really important yeah. to me uh but yeah to your point i hope i hope you guys have found this useful one just to have fun talking about ted lasso i think it's been a good time for us to talk about uh change it up a bit to talk about some different stuff on the podcast and change up the way we handle it um but at the end of the day i think what's so interesting about the ted lasso story and the show is there's a lot of stuff that goes on in it but there is really what we want i think we got to this with your your brother here on this episode is that like what we want to happen in education is transformation of people. Now we, we have targets, we have goals, we want them to learn. We have all of that stuff. I'm not saying that uh, that stuff doesn't matter, but at the end of the day, all those goals should be around a student being something different by the end of the class. Right. And we see in Ted Lasso, an interesting uh, portrayal of uh, a person and dynamics that cause people to transform in very different ways. Uh, and in different places. And I think we got to today the fact that Ted, while not being the only reason and not being a perfect person in the show at all, he's not, you know, he's got his own issues. He's got his own stuff he's working through. Right. Um, but what he does is simply focuses on 
the culture and the people and authentically connecting with those people um, and figuring out what's the best thing that that person can get from me as in this case, the leader, the coach, but in this case, looking at as a teacher, uh, like we're going to, to be more effective if we slow down and we take some time to focus in on who are the people that we have in our classroom? Who are these students? Where are they coming from? What are their lives like? And what, what's going to help each one of them from me. Right. And this doesn't mean that you're, you're killing yourself doing absolutely everything you can. Right. And like, you're, you're uh, overworking yourself. It means that like finding one thing that each of those people from that, each of the students that you have could uh, benefit from you to learn, yep. right. Is something we learn from what Ted does and, and then building a culture where students can come along each other and help teach each other um, builds a classroom that you can kind of foster learning in a different way in an unexpected way. And, and, and you started to, you, you connected that point to, I think, um, the idea that like some teachers wrestle with, and, and, and I mean, all of us probably have wrestled with the fact that we can't reach everybody or we struggle to reach harder students yeah. or this, like Ted, you know, he, he's, he's a character. There's writers behind him. It's a perfect world, right? That's fine. But Ted reaches Jamie as well as he does Nate, as well as he does Roy, as well as he does Isaac, Isaac, the, uh, the captain of the team after Roy, but he does it always in different ways, right? When he has to reach Isaac, he knows that he's not the person to do it. He goes and gets Roy and he uses Roy to reach Isaac. Yeah. Like we don't have to be everything to every student. And Ted is a good example of how you want to leverage the, 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 the people, the assets, um, the heroes in your life to help you reach other heroes. I think that might be my like concluding sentiment. Ted is a hero. We see that in his journey. Charles proved that with us to, to us tonight with some really interesting Greek language that I'm going to literally have to have him spell. Cause I have no idea what those words are. <laughs> um, but if, if, if you are trying to find how, what your story is, how you can be your hero it's just as important to find the people who are heroes in your life to help you along the way. We don't do this alone. And, and teaching doesn't itself have to be a solo journey either. You know, a lot of faculty get up in the room uh, to be the person at the front of the room by themselves. It doesn't have to be yeah. that way. Bring the other heroes around you into the process because that's the best. You have the best chance of reaching as many students as possible by bringing the, the, the AAA team to the, to the process. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think I can say it better myself. I think that's good. I think uh, it's a good way to wrap up. Boom. This is this is the end of season five of the High Tech Podcast and the series Ted Lasso Goes to College. We will be on a break here for a little bit because by the time you're listening to this, it is like almost Christmas time. Um, so uh, this is... Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. This is crazy. <laughs> um, so... Uh, the, Folks, uh, it's October. We're yeah. recording this in October. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit crazy. So uh, we're going to be on break here for a little bit back. We will be back in the new year as the High Tech Podcast, because why would we change our name at this point? That's weird. Uh, but we will be we'll be jumping back in. Watch, we'll change our name now. Like a month from now, something will happen. Yeah, right, um, right. <laughs> uh, no. So uh, we will be back in the new year with more fun, more high tech hijinks, more craziness maybe another series on ted lasso probably not we'll let that that one sit for a while um maybe 
But we'll we'll be back talking about ed tech, education, and all in between. Thank you for joining us for another week as we continue to learn what it looks like to be Ted. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> what it looks like to harness technology <laughs> in the classroom, whether online or in person or at Richmond. Barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce.